0: So we're calling this talk, Regenerating Local Media. And the linking to the future of farming is future of farming is regenerative agriculture, which is about creating upward spiralling ecosystems. And I like to think that local media, community radio, local papers, our tourist radio, is part of a diverse self-organising ecosystem that we talk about in agriculture and the media can it's a diversity of ideas which we're not getting in the mainstream media. So it's about storytelling and so this is, I guess, my story. We own a farm at Donnybrook. I'm chairman of Donnybrook Bailing Up Community Radio and vice president of the Donnybrook Bailing Up Chamber of Commerce and our own company, Western Tourist Radio, broadcasts in Perth and the South West. So I grew up in Donnybrook. Mum and Dad had a small orchard and in the 60s the talk was all get big or get out in interest of cheap food and so we got out and uh, I became a technician with Department of Aviation and subsequently at GWN television in Bunbury. That was in 1988. In 1988 we also bought our farm. And In 1989 I attended the first NASA, National Association of Sustainable Agriculture of Australia um, meeting in Donnybrook. So this is 30 odd, over 30 years ago, there was starting to be an interest in organic agriculture. So it hasn't sort of exactly taken off in a hurry, but it is starting to gain some momentum. And there's two things that I guess really, I, I was inclined towards organic because it seemed to make sense. But uh, the two things that really convinced me, when we first had the farm, we had Ag Department advisor came out and I was talking about using poultry in the orchard. And this bloke said, well, you know, modern orchards and poultry don't mix because some of the chemicals that kill poultry. So that's what rang alarm bells. And then in the 90s, CSBP, the superphosphate company, were doing TV ads where they had two farmers sitting on a fence having a conversation. And one bloke who was made out of a bit of a dickhead was sort of saying, well, I stir this stuff up and spray it out at the zenith. And he said to the other bloke, what do you do? And he said, oh, I just chuck on super. So... To me, CSBP is actively denigrating biodynamics. They must be worried. So that's what started me on this path, I guess. And when you look at superphosphate, we chuck tons of this stuff out. What What industrial system would you use where you're putting vast quantities of an input in and most of it doesn't come out as a saleable product? In agriculture, we're putting tons of superphosphate out and have been advised to do this by the government and the fertiliser companies for years. That product is going off the farm and becoming an environmental problem elsewhere. It doesn't make sense. Houston, we have a problem. So, the driver of agriculture or agricultural research, especially since the Second World War, has been driven by companies with an interest of selling a product to farmers. That's the economic model. You've got to own the science to be able to profit from it. And what happened, the companies would do this research and they'd give their latest concoction to the government departments of agriculture. They would do trials and that became modern agriculture. So the government became the advertising arm of the chemical companies. Now, none of this made sense to me and it was all getting rather depressing. Until I came across this bloke, Charles Massey, the author of Call of the Reed Warbler, A New Agriculture, A New Earth. Which is about regenerative agriculture. And in this book, which uh, was a result of a PhD that Charles did into human ecology. um, And in the book he talks to and about innovative farmers all around Australia and the world. And he's saying what I'd always intuitively believed, we've got to get back to working with nature. It's an arrogance to think we can do better than nature. So what's exciting to happen at the moment is that the regenerative agricultural movement is being driven by innovative farmers working with independent scientists and using the internet to share this information. You know, sometimes when you question capitalism, you're accused of being a communist. I'm not a communist, but I sense capitalism... Capitalism's created the internet, and the internet's creating this mechanism for exchange of ideas that have never existed before because throughout history, information's always been controlled by people at the top of the heap. That's changing. That's what SCOMO's having trouble sorting out at the moment. So, and also within regenerative agriculture, there's a realisation that we have so much to learn from Aboriginal management of the Australian landscape. When Aboriginal people were managing Australia, we didn't have dust storms and we didn't have massive fires. So there's so much to learn from Aboriginal people in the management of the Australian landscape, but also in the storytelling, because their culture, their corporate knowledge has been passed down through generations through storytelling. And in our culture, sadly, the storytelling's largely been taken over by the advertising executives of the major corporations. So I sort of see organic agriculture, is very, or the science of organic agriculture, it's very much akin to open source software. It's, it's a community asset, it's not owned by some corporation, whereas the science of industrial agriculture is owned by a handful of corporations and managed in the interests of their shareholders and not in the greater interest and the commercial media is driven by advertising. There's nothing wrong with that, but they're never going to question the the underpinning values of their major advertisers, and that arguably is a bit of a problem with capitalism as it exists. So I've called this this talk uh, Regenerating Local Media. I grew up in Donnybrook in the 60s when we had fairly limited media. We had the ABC, we had 6TZ as a radio station, and GWN Television, which was a locally owned company. And so that the people driving the program were people from this area, so they had an affinity for the region. What's happened since then, these companies have been taken over by predominantly Sydney-based or Eastern States-based corporations, city-centric. And the the messages coming out all relate to those city interests and and they've lost their their grassroots um, connection with the local community. So in Donnybrook we have the Preston Press, a successful uh, monthly paper at this stage, Donnybrook bailing up community radio, which I'm chairman. So we're not aligned to any major advertisers. Our, Our advertising support comes from local businesses. So we're able to question things that aren't being questioned in the mainstream commercial media. I see community radio is uh, a business community partnership. You know, we encourage people to support local businesses and we look to local businesses to support the the community radio service. Uh, My own company, Western Tourist Radio, broadcasts on 87.6 FM, in East Perth, major tourism towns of the southwest, and online. So we're providing a voice for community and small businesses. And I like to say that we're telling the stories of people and places in Western Australia. And I'm no fan of the sort of McDonald's tourism with masses of people, but tourism is really important. And I sort of see tourism, it's not, tourism isn't a silo, it's a shop front for all local businesses so weekends like this are very good for Donnybrook but ongoing we have we've got a farm stay at our place and and i'm keen to see more such businesses because it creates an opportunity for conversations between farmers and i hate the word consumers i'd prefer to say between farmers and eaters because commoditization commoditization of food has been the problem because commodities are all about down, down on price and there's more to quality than price. So the the research in agriculture, much like the research in medical areas, has been driven by a reductionist thinking. So we try to oversimplify things, whereas these things are bloody complicated and we need to acknowledge that. Within the human health, there's a growing realisation of the importance of the human biome. It's the bugs in our guts. And it's the same with agriculture. It's the soil biology that is the, 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 the biological knowledge, but it's that diversity which is the key to creating a stable system. And if you get the soil biology right, and the... Uh, balance of minerals so many of the problems that we're using all sorts of toxic sprays for go away so it's addressing the cause and the problems go away so we're in a very analytical society we like to mev- measure everything and we have all these KPIs but so often I think we're kp the wrong eyes so the science is saying if you listen to scientists and other speakers we've had here, yesterday and later today, we're all saying that there's in, sort of in, in some foods, many foods, there's less than 50% of the vitamins and minerals in those foods that there was at the end of the Second World War. Science knows this, but you don't hear about it through the old media. It's sort of been driven by this down-down on price, which is down-down on quality, and it's down-down on the environment. And I understand that f- price of food is important. But I'm old enough to remember when we said if something was cheap, it was cheap and nasty. Nothing's changed. If it's cheap, it's cheap for a reason. And when it comes to food, you know, why do we eat stuff? We eat to get energy, but we also need the right balance of vitamins and minerals. And that's simply not happening in many of the modern foods, with a resulting blowout in the medical costs. So it it becomes a a double-edged sword. So if I can put in a bit of a plug for our tourist radio format, our programs are made by uh, sort of the opposite I see of the old John Laws, um, Alan Jones sort of cash for comments of 20 years ago where they were talking up their mates in big business for big costs. Our little radio programs are about providing a voice for community and small business and, and telling the stories of the small businesses. Now social media is changing things and uh, disrupting much of the media landscape and there's certainly a place for these sort of things and it does allow communities to have a voice Um, but in terms of business if you don't pay lots of money to these companies you really don't get a lot of exposure they'd like you to think they do but of course as part of COVID recovery we're talking about supporting local business I'd, I'd argue that applies to advertising businesses as well, because any money you spend advertising with Facebook all goes straight overseas. Whereas if people choose to spend their money with the local paper, the local radio, that money's staying within this community. And the, there's a lot of talk on, about creating content and it's the content that's king. So we've got the situation where the ABC, which is paid for with our taxpayer funds, is generating lots of content on Facebook Facebook to sell advertising against. I think there's a problem there. So, in the internet space, I'd argue any business or organisation, your own website is key. By all means use social media, but use it as a way to drive traffic to your website. Because if you've got a website, you're a publisher. In the same way as Rupert Murdoch's a publisher, you're a publisher. And so any business that has a website can put its information out there and 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 that that access to information is important now in two thousand and one when we first bought the tourist radio business, I employed a local search engine optimization company to do SEO for us and uh, This explained to us that Google had become the most successful search engine because they'd figured. In any subject area, the more sites that linked to a particular website gave that site authority and it would rise in the rankings. And to me, back in 2001, that was a light globe moment. I thought, this is going to change the world. Because in 2001, what most people in the Western th- world thought about most things was what the advertising executives of the major corporations wanted them to think. And it was through messages delivered through my old employer commercial television. And the advertising executives of these companies were the same tour of people that produced the propaganda that Mr Hitler used to take a highly intelligent race of people to war against the rest of the world. So, you know, marketers deal in perceptions, not facts. And they believe if you say something enough times, it becomes the truth. And they've got away with it. But at the end of the day, facts bloody well matter. And uh, you can get away with perceptions for so long and then things start to break down and then the facts are rising to the top. And we're seeing that right at the moment in in the sort of information systems around the world. Now I said, if you've got your own website, you're a publisher in your own right. So what I encourage businesses to do that share this sort of organic view of the world is by all means use your website, but also linked to other sites of a similar view. So, while there's all the talk about the control of information by Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all those other things, what I believe is that as long as you're allowed to have a website and I have a website, if I promote what you're doing and you promote what I'm doing, there's an the opportunity for the best information to rise to the top. Google isn't the only way people find information. So it's a, the it's a power of reciprocal links. And I've created a number of websites around the Tourist Radio website. I've got Day West, Pet Friendly WA, HarvestHighway.com.au. These are all websites, nothing fancy, but they're websites that link to Southwa- West Australian businesses and those websites link back to ours, And it creates what I see as the, the, the information equivalent of the stability through diversity of dynamic ecosystems and in permaculture a key concept is this concept of stability through diversity and then in our society for quite a long time now we've focused on the economies of scale and I see the two uh, the two extremes we've become very good at economies of scale and we're creating big systems that are becoming fundamentally unstable so get a boat stuck in a Suez Canal and all systems sort of fall down. You know, there's a problem there. We need lots of small producers, part of a diverse economic ecosystem. So I like to think that we need to grow food the way God or evolution, whichever you choose to believe, intended, rather than the way that a handful of multinationals have figured that they're going to make the best return for their shareholders. So, you know, there's a problem here. Charlie Massey, as I say, he's an inspiration. We've got a Minister for Agriculture in Western Australia who's read this book and is embracing regenerative agriculture. That gives me great hope for the future. And as Charlie says, the future is going to be driven by where eaters choose to spend the money. You know, we are in an economic system where people spend their money, that's what's going to drive it. So if you pay for Cheap food that's got no en- no vitamins or minerals. That's what we're going to get. I'm an organic producer. I would say that, wouldn't I? What we're hoping to do through events like this and Cobworth Certified Organic WA is to educate people and for the people that are questioning, connect them with the information so that they become better informed because people don't know what they don't know. So what we aim to do is to make people aware of the issues of industrial agriculture for their own health and for the the environment and become advocates for what we're doing. And this is what Charlie Massey talks of becoming an an underground revolution. Don't need pitchforks just to choo- where you choose to spend your money. So I guess that's it in a nutshell. Thanks for coming to listen and uh, I thank Belinda O'Brien from the, the Apple Festival for instigating the future farming tent and um, look forward to it growing in future years. So thank you.